the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, his highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. And good morning, everyone. Sports King Show alongside Ben Maitland. I want to thank Big Al, of course, Sports Phone Big Al, live every morning. Starts it off 10 a.m. to 12 to uh, 8 a.m. to 10. We're on 10 to 12. And we've got a lot going on today. Open line Tuesday. We're going to have uh, your phone calls much, much more in the first hour. And, of course, an hour or two, Ernie McCook, the outstanding coach at Shepherd College. We're going to talk to him about his challenges, what he's facing at his level. And, of course, they have a strong contingent of Richmond-based fans. We're going to talk about that much, much more as the show progresses. But we're going to start this thing off. I'm fired up with a capital F. And let's go to Ben, who's got a cut you want to hear. Hit it, Ben. I'm not confident. Uh, uh, Mike, I, I think there's real risk, and um, as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. Now it's time for, right off the bat, I'm, I'm fired up. The Royal Rant. Hit it, Ben. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Royal Rant. What is on the mind of His Royal Highness? What sports figure? Team or player has raised the ire of his majesty. Is it sports related or is there something else in the kingdom that has him ready to vent his displeasure? Without further ado, here is the sports king with the royal rant. This is for you, baseball, Major League Baseball, Commissioner Rob Manford. He of no leadership ability. Period. Zero. Zilch. Nada. This guy is the commissioner of baseball. This guy is supposed to be the leader of baseball. A guy we look to. Yes, he is the leader and he has to listen to owners. We understand that. But he is the figurehead. The guy is supposed to come out and show leadership. Get with the owners and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to huddle together and get it done. It was the same Rob Manford I'm talking about. That last week said, and I left last week feeling like, hey, this is great. Rob Manford, the commissioner, said there's 100%. 100%. What does that mean to you folks when you say 100%? Is that 50-50? Is that 60-40? Is that 70-30? No. When you say 100%, that wipes out any possibility that it can go the other way. So he said 100% last week that there will be a Major League Baseball season. So I'm telling people, I'm texting people, I'm talking to people as I do because this is what I do. And said, hey, man, you got to feel good because of the leadership of Rob Manford in baseball. We're going to have a season. Come hell or high water, we're going to have a season. No matter what, because the man said 100%. Not 50, not 60, not 70, but 100% taking everything off the table. It's 100%. All go. What has changed? Now, it is the polar opposite. He says now, in an interview yesterday, I'm not so sure. I don't think we're going to probably have baseball. You cannot be serious. Are you kidding me, Rob Manford? 
You come out last week as the authoritative man that you are, taking the reins and leading and saying, I'm the guy. We're going to have baseball. I promise you, fans. So I left last week. I was like, man, I feel so good. We're going to have the nation's pastime. We're going to be back somehow, some way, because that leadership guy, Rob Manford, is going to lead us to the promised land. Baseball will come back. But now, no can do. He's saying, not optimistic, doesn't look like it's going to happen, despite the fact that I told you all, the whole world last week, 100%. Now it's maybe not going to happen. Brother, that doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with the American public or the worldwide audience that watches baseball that wants something to smile about, to cheer about. Your leadership sucks with a capital S. I can't paint this picture any clearer than what I am painting it right now. This is a disaster for the game. In his own words, he said, it's just a disaster for our game. Absolutely no question about it. During an appearance on ESPN, this big commissioner's forum, we're thinking that Rob Manford is going to come out with something positive in this forum, but he says, well, it's just a disaster. Probably not going to have baseball this year. After telling you all we were last week 100%, we're not going to have it now. Because I don't have the leadership ability in me to get the owners to get together and say, for the nation, let's pull this together. You don't have to give everything. They don't have to get everything. But somehow we can meet in the middle and somehow have a truncated season, get this done for the good of the world and for the United States of America, desperate for something to smile about. Folks, don't have to tell you we're amidst a coronavirus that we've been dealing with and dealing with and dealing with, and we want something in sports to smile about. Rob Manfred said last week we can because we got 100% until this week where we can't do it. It won't happen. So you go from the coronavirus, we have racial strife, we have disharmony throughout the country, and you're looking for something to hang your head on, a glimpse of something positive. And he gave it to us last week, and then he ripped it away from us this week like a thief in the night. That's the way I see it. Unbelievable that a guy in a leadership position, here's the deal. Would I be as mad as I am right now if he came out last week and said, you know what, we have to work through some things. It could go either way. We're hopeful for a season, but we're not sure about a season because there's so many hurdles to to cover and, and jump over. We understand that. That would have been something a leader would have done to give you maybe a possibility of something happening, but not a definite, a definite maybe, if you will. The players are now disgusted that after Rob Manfred unequivocally unequivocally said last year, last week rather, he told players and fans alike there'd be 100% that we would play in 2020. He's decided to go back on his word as now threatening to cancel the entire season. This according to Tony Clark in a statement on Monday. Now here's the deal about baseball. You give your word, you say something to everyone. As a leader, we hang our hat on that and believe in you. And now you've lost all credibility, Ron Manford, all credibility with the fans, with the players, even with some owners, I'm sure, because of the fact that you're out there now as a mouthpiece after saying it's going to happen, now saying it's not. I'm absolutely disgusted with the situation. If Major League Baseball doesn't come back, this is going to be a major blow for the foreseeable future for baseball. They're going to be diehards that will come back and watch baseball. But there's also going to be people that are going to say, you know what? You lied to us. You gave us your word. Your word means nothing. You don't care. And bottom line is this. 
when you don't care, we don't care. You turn our back on us right now in the midst of a pandemic and everything this country's going through when we needed you most, we're not going to forget this. And guess what? The average player making 800000 can't make it to the field. Now, it would have to be a reduced salary. We know that across the board. But guess what? It's still more money than any average American is going to make at any point in any year. So you have to give something. Both sides do. It's an absolute disgrace. And if he thinks players are disgusted uh, and players are disgusted and management is disgusted, the union said it might file a grievance seeking additional economic documents and money damages that could total $1 billion or more. I mean, this is an absolute disgrace. It's a mess. It's on the head of Rob Manford. And, you know, it, when you lose credibility and you lie to players, you lose the players, you lose the league, uh, you're, you're a lame duck. And this guy's awful. What's your take on this? That's my royal rant. 804-327-0888. 804 327 I am absolutely fed up, and I'm holding my hand over my head on Facebook Live. So imagine that on the radio. That's how high my upset factor is with baseball. A game I love, a game I played, most of you listening played. If you didn't play baseball, you play softball, but you love the sport because of what it brings, the smiles to kids' faces. But that's too much to ask for amidst a pandemic amidst the heartache and the broken hearts and the frontline people around the world, around America that are just working their tails off to try to get a little bit of respite, maybe a three-hour break in their miserable day that they're doing things for other people and trying to find something to smile about. Don't think about them. Think about your greed. Think about that and only that. 804-327-0888. Done with baseball. Done with baseball. Not going to do it. I am fed up, and if they don't get something done by, I think, by the end of next week, it's done. It's just totally done, and I'm looking at it being done right now because neither side is given an inch, and I'm disgusted with the whole deal. That's our topic to start this show. Now there's another topic we're going to move into, and we'll take your calls on the baseball side as well, 804-327-0888. Roger Goodell, I now encourage teams to sign Colin Kaepernick now. As my producer, Ben Maitland, said, it's a walk back. It's more of a walk back than, if you remember Michael Jackson, those of you of a certain age, remember the moonwalk? That's what Roger Goodell is doing with Colin Kaepernick. He is moonwalking it back in the big way. We love Cap now. We want him back now. He kneeled before. We didn't want him. He's persona non grata. We didn't want anything to do with him. And you can say all you want at the NFL level. I don't have this as verifiable proof, but you can almost say he was frozen out by every team there is. Now, you can believe that or not believe that. That's your call. But by the inaction of the league, you can say that that was pretty much a, a great guesstimate there. Now, Roger Goodell, who was in this commissioner for other commissioners are talking about all the things right and wrong with their league says, Hey, I, I now think it's a great thing. I think I'd encourage that. Is it falling on deaf ears? Is it something he's just saying offering to me a culpa basically because, Hey, uh, I'm kind of tired of dealing with this. And in the midst of what we're dealing with from a racial strife situation, this is the best thing to say. Let me throw it out there and maybe somebody will, take the bait and bring them in and make this all better. Did you feel it was a heartfelt deal? 
I felt, as Ben mentioned, it was a walk back. It was a situation that, well, you know, uh, it's hard to look at this any other way. It's hard to look at it any other way than just something you're offering to say, yeah, let's bring the guy in and hope that it works out. Maybe you'll find a team. Maybe you won't. Maybe we can give him a tryout, something like that. Now, the only thing on Kaepernick's side I want to caution him against in his side is I remember the last time the NFL, and they say they bet over backwards, whether they did or didn't. That's speculation. You can make your own call there. But they invited him to a workout at a facility with NFL people. NFL personnel was going to be widely attended throughout the week. At the last minute, Kaepernick pulled the plug on that because he didn't have his media guys and his people, his team. They went to a local high school. So when you look at it, you can't have it both ways, Colin Kaepernick. You have to say, okay, you know, I'm going to have to make some concessions here and maybe go work at an NFL facility in front of the NFL people to get the best visible options to them so I can get an opportunity to earn a job. What's my take on Colin Kaepernick? It has been, yes, he can be a distraction, but you know what you're getting when you get the guy. Uh, is all field stuff to me as a coach doesn't mean anything. I mean, I want to talk to him and say, listen, you can do that all day long. You can protest. You can do anything you want to do on your time. On our time, I need you to focus on football. And if I'm with him in a football room, I will say this about Colin Kaepernick. I love the kid at Nevada. He was a tremendous quarterback there. He is a tremendous quarterback at times in the NFL. He's shown flashes. The guy can run. Long-legged guy, hard to tackle, throws well on the run, does a lot of things. People will say to me, hey, could you coach that guy? Would you want him on your team? He's a player. He's a guy that can make plays. Is he a championship caliber guy? I can't quite say that. And with the time that it's almost like a boxer with ring rust, how long can you stay away from the ring and get back in and throw the punches and still connect? Same with football. How long can you stay on the sidelines and come back and be effective? I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he can't win games. And he's got a major chip on his shoulder, so you know he wants to come back and prove everyone wrong. So if I'm a coach, I would look at it from that standpoint and say, you know, the guy's got something to prove, not just from his protesting aspect, but from the ability to make plays on the football field. So let's go ahead and look at it from that uh, that particular angle and say, yes, this guy has a ton left to prove, and he wants to come back. They say he's in top shape, say he's been working out, throwing the ball, running, doing everything to keep himself in shape, and he's ready for the opportunity. It just hasn't happened. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Do you bring Colin Kaepernick back if you're the GM or if you're the coach? Do you want him as a teammate? Pro, con, what do you think? Is a sideshow too much for a team to deal with? Do you want your favorite team to deal with it? These are the questions you have to ask from a fan's perspective. Some fans, you know, I don't want a guy that kneels. Other people are like, I don't care if he kneels as long as he plays well and does his thing. And so it's all about whether he can help my football team in some people's view. From a coaching standpoint, you have to look at this. Uh, whether the guy, uh, you know, does X, Y, Z on his weeknights when he's off matters little to me as a coach. As long as he's not breaking any laws, as long as he's doing things within the guidelines of society, I'm fine with the guy. If he performs on Sunday, if he comes to practice and gives me everything he has, I don't want to talk about anything outside. If he wants to take me into my office and talk to me about some private things, that's fine. Uh, and his viewpoint, that's fine. If we have time, that's fine. But the majority of time for coaches, or coaches are there to coach. They're there to put game plans in 
and put uh, things into play for the opponents they're going to face. So I want Colin Kaepernick all in in terms of uh, is he into the game plan? Is he practicing? Is he doing everything while he's at the facility to be a great teammate? If he is, there's never going to be an issue. If he brings in a lot of stuff there during the course of practices, which I don't think that's going to be a factor. The guy has done it before. He can do it again. So this is going to be a situation. We want to play a quick soundbite from Commissioner Roger Goodell about this. And you take a listen and you make a decision. Here he is, the commissioner at the mic. If he wants to resume his career uh, in the NFL, um, that obviously is going to take a team to make that decision. But I welcome that, uh, support the club making that decision, and encourage them to do that. And we're going to come back to William, who's in the Carolinas. He has an opinion, maybe on baseball, maybe maybe on Colin Kaepernick. Good morning uh, with uh, some Colin Kaepernick questions. What do you have going down there, William? Uh, nothing much, man. We can, well, it's kind of messy down here today, but I do have something I want to say. Uh, first on the, the, the Kaepernick situation, you know, I think, I mean, I think Kaepernick, what those quarterbacks are out there right now, I think he can get right in the mix with them. Um, but I think that if anybody goes and they want to sign Kaepernick, I think they are going to have to man up with him, sit down, and figure out if he's coming back because he wants to play football or is it because of some type of political thing that he's trying to do. Because I think if he's trying to do it for some type of political stuff, then that's not going to work. It's, going to, it's not going to work. You know, and you can't have it both ways. And you can do, like you said, you can take the political and do that all you want. But when we come and sign you, you got to make it about football because we want to win. You know, exactly we want right. to win, and and we want to get we want to get to that chip. And you might be the man to do it. So you're you got to make sure that your mindset is right, and make sure it's about football, and do all that other political stuff. On the other end, if you want to take a knee, that's fine, because we all understand what that is about now. But don't take it further than that on the field. Well, that's a great point, William. And uh, let me ask you this. You're a Cowboys fan. I'll go back to the Redskin days, back when Joe Gibbs first got here in Washington. There was a period of time, and Joe Theismann, a former guest, quarterback of the Redskins, told us on the show that when he first started out, he was 0-5 for the Redskins. It was a abysmal start for Joe Gibbs's career. And mm-hmm. after a particular game, he drove to Joe Gibbs' house, and they sat and talked. And the conversation went like this. You know, if you want me to – because Gibbs didn't think he was all in as a quarterback. He said, I want my quarterback to be all in. He said, I'll stop the appearances. I'll stop the commercials. I'll stop the movies, everything I'm doing on the side. And all the outside interest to be your quarterback, to be your leader – and from that point forward, they took off to heights unimagined in winning a Super Bowl. So when you look at what happened with the Joe Theismann, Joe Gibbs situation, same thing as you just mentioned with Colin Kaepernick, you're going to have to sit down and have that conversation to make sure. And I believe he is. I believe he's committed because he's worked hard to come back, and I believe he has a massive chip on his shoulder. But let me ask you this from a fan's perspective. Do you want him, with all the potential sideshow that comes with him, would you want him on your football team, the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I think Dallas has already got enough show. <laughs> They're a bunch of clowns anyway. Uh, <laughs> they got a lot going on there in Dallas. Um, I would take him, 
But okay. the whole thing is, though, if if I was the owner or if I was the GM, the first thing I would do if I want Kaepernick is to pull him to a side, sit him down, and break it down for him. This is what we're looking for. Now, I'm not restricting him to do what he needs to do or what he feels he needs to do as far as the protesting or whatever he needs to do. But at the same time, if you're coming to play for me, then you're coming to play for me because I need you to do X, Y, Z. If you can do that and stay within that, let's do it. But if you can't, then you need to tell me now. That way I'm not wasting my time. And I, now, I think that's fair enough. Absolutely. Your take now on the kneeling situation. So you know he's going to come in. You know he's going to kneel. You know that before it even happens. It's probably going to be more league-wide than ever before uh, during uh, this climate situation. And the players have already said we're going to be doing that more and more. And there's a distraction factor with Kaepernick. And I love what you said because as a coach and GM, the first thing I would do as a coach, former coach, I sit down with him and really state out the case and say, this is why I need you here. This is why I want you here. And this is how you can be most effective. I can't have any of the outside distractions. If you're going to do that stuff, please do it outside of the facility. When you're here, if you're a thousand percent in tune with us and you're all in with us, I think it can be a successful marriage. The problem will be if you want to get too outspoken and talk about things outside of it while you're in the building. I think that's something you need to do on your own personal platform, but to do it within the body of what we're doing here, you know, kind of in tune with what you're saying. But do you feel when he comes back that he's going to be successful or do you think he's going to fall flat? I wouldn't say he's going to fall flat. Um I mean, the only person I feel that will have that will show that is Kaepernick himself because the platform is already ready for him. But he has to make that decision on how he wants to use that platform because now if he starts trying to pull his political stuff into it, it could cause, you know, it's a big, I'll tell you like this, man, the guy's a talent, but to bring him in, it can either build a team together or it can destroy a team. Absolutely. All depending on how he does his politics. And I like what you said when you said, hey, do that stuff after the game. Do that stuff when you have a day off. Do that stuff on the weekend when we ain't practicing. But when you come in this facility, it's all about football because we're, tr- we're trying to build a team. We're not trying to tear it apart. We're not trying to make it a racial problem. We're not trying to have anything. We're trying to bring how many men we have to be one and to win as one. And we don't need anything dividing these guys. You know, and by you doing that, you will unite a team. But if you come in bringing a lot of this politics stuff, you can you can destroy this team. Absolutely. Well spoken, well said, because I'm an old football coach, and the way I look at it, I don't want a locker room cancer. I want somebody who's going to bring something to the table. It's going to be something going to make us better. Hey, William, before we go, one quick question. I just need a yes or no on this. Baseball, we heard real quick. You coming back? If they don't come back, yes or no, will you be back in baseball? No, I'm not. No, no. I I wouldn't be back because I have no trust. There's no trust factor now. Because I, I say this right. and I, I'm done. Um, baseball is American pastime, man. This was way yep. before football, man. I mean, this yep. we've seen so many things in baseball, so many great moments and so many sad moments in baseball. And yep. 
my thing is, I, it's so many things. I, I, I say this. I'm trying to sum it up. First off, they need to bring in Charlie Hustle. And they need to take that man, and they need to take Pete Rose and lift that man hey. and bring him back. So hey, I love it. Hey, that's a, that's another uh, conversation we're going to have. But listen, thank you, William, so much for the great call from the Carolinas. And we're going to take a quick timeout. It's Open Line Tuesday. Please get your calls in 804-327-0888. You're listening to Sports King on a Tuesday morning. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Moglia, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina as well as the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You're listening to my friend Jamie King on the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Tuesday morning. Feels like Groundhog Day to me, especially in regards to Major League Baseball. I did a royal rant this morning. You missed that when I was fired up. Blood pressure. Got the old watch out. Uh, boy, is that thing going through the roof. That's you, Rob Manford. You got me upset today. You're getting everybody in America and the world upset as well. Rob Manford, that great commissioner, last week said, oh, we're going to have baseball 100% guaranteed. Take it from me. I'm a great negotiator. This week, he says, it's just a disaster for our game. Absolutely no question about it. It shouldn't be happening, and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. Oh, the fans. That's us. Don't forget. We do matter. I think we do. Baseball doesn't. Uh, Manfred said the MLBPA's decision to end good faith negotiations and the need for an agreement with the union on health and safety protocols were really negative in terms of our efforts. He goes on to say, this is our great commissioner of baseball, the owners are 100% committed to getting baseball back on the field, not that you'd believe it or not. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen. After telling us last week it was going to happen. So uh, he speaks with forked tongue folks this guy is when you think about it and ben mentioned during the break this guy made his stock and trade by negotiating in the past before he got this job and you think when he got the job of commissioner he would say i'm going to fix baseball i'm going to make sure there's a game to be played so the fans can enjoy something amidst a pandemic that we've never had since 1917 the spanish flu we haven't had anything that's fate that we face in this regard, racial strife, everything else, but don't give the American public in the world three hours to get away from it a day. Something we'd enjoy just watching a game. Sports King is watching Korean baseball. I'm getting up early to watch Korean baseball just to see something because I can't see the great American pastime because nobody can get along long enough to get a deal done. And so you're looking at the greed of baseball. And the fact that they go back and forth, back and forth, and now the players are saying, we don't believe anything you're saying after telling us there's going to be baseball, now it's not going to be baseball. Nobody knows what's going on. The great negotiator, Rob Manford, who's a commissioner, throws his hands up in the air and says, you know, I know I told you it was 100% last week, but you know this week it's different. It's not going to happen. So sorry I told you 100%. That's where my problem is with baseball. 804-327-0888. What's your thoughts? I can't stand when someone says, 100%, I'm going to be there. 
until I'm not going to be there because I'm not going to go, even though I told you 100%, they lied to us. He lied to us. So then we're supposed to just turn a blind eye and say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll come back, keep abusing us and tell us what we want to hear, and then we'll come back whenever. Um, we want to go to a sound bite. Here's Rob Manford on negotiations and uh, listen to this, but don't really pay that close attention. It's just a disaster for our game. Um, absolutely no question about it. Um, it. It shouldn't be happening. Um, and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. One of our Facebook Live fans, Ken Paradiso in Sports King Nation, boy, he's on fire today. He says the rest of us in the United States are trying to get back to work, and baseball could care less. These guys do not live paycheck to paycheck like the rest of America. We have to make them pay in the purse, in the pocketbook, in the wallet, whatever they may be holding. And Ken is right on the money there. Why should we be lied to? Then just come back. 804-327-0888. That's the first thing that's stuck in my crawl. Major League Baseball, I am fed up. I am over it. I just want to see a baseball game. And all these proposals back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Nothing's getting done. And nobody can negotiate. Nobody can do what's right. Nobody can come together. There is nobody in a room that can say, let's work this out and get it done. And that's the problem. So we're in a real tough situation. We want to go out to the phone lines. That very same Ken Paradiso from Charlotte, North Carolina, joins us on the Sports King Show. And Ken, by your post on Facebook Live, you are fed up with Major League Baseball. What say you, my man? Hey, I'm tired of the sport right now, really. With all that's going on, everyone's trying to get back back to work. I mean, Jamie, I, you know you know me. I go way back in baseball, way back. My grandfather taught me about baseball. He used to be a bat boy for the Boston Red Sox back in the Babe Ruth days. So uh, they're killing the sport. They're absolutely killing it. And it's, and it's, it's it, 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 this sport of baseball is not the sport of baseball. It should be called the business of baseball. Yes, very well put. Let me ask you this. Uh, from a morale standpoint, for you, you, you work very hard, and then you want to watch baseball for a little bit of relaxation. The fact that they've taken something not only from you but from the rest of us that we can enjoy and let our hair down and relax for a few minutes at the end of the day. Uh, your, your thoughts in terms of that and what it could mean to just the morale of Americans in the world? Well, when this whole thing started, I said it was a great opportunity for baseball to come back in to become America's game again. I mean, they had lost some footing. Um, they weren't attracting young young kids in as fans. Um, baseball has become a very expensive game to go see. So you don't see fathers and sons and daughters going to the game. So, you know, this was a great opportunity if they all got together and said, hey, this is this is great for the sport now. But these guys aren't in it for the sport. They're in it for themselves. The owners are in it for themselves. Nobody's trying to save the sport, looking at it as an opportunity. It's just terrible. America's pastime should have been the first live sporting event back, you know, from this, uh, from the virus. Let me ask you this, Ken. Let me ask you this. If baseball decides not to play in 2020, 
for reasons of the financial aspect side? Do you come back right away or do you say basically I'm done? Uh, I hate to say it because I'm I'm one that can listen to nine innings on radio, on a radio broadcast. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done wow. with that and I'm done with basketball with the two of them. It's just, can I ask you one I mean, quick me, question? Give me hockey. Okay. On the other subject we were discussing earlier, you heard William talking about it from the Carolinas as well. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, is the sideshow too much for you if you're a GM or a coach? You have your hat on there. Uh, and from a fan's perspective, do you want him on your football team? Why or why not? Okay. Roger Goodell doesn't have the you-know-whats, okay? Because there's no he's, – he's divisive in any team that he goes to. And you know my team, the Patriots, and they're talking about bringing him. There's no way they're going to bring someone as divisive as him into their organization. What Goodell should do is offer him a job in New York wow. and bring him in as a – I don't know, as a – you know, as a as a figurehead for you know for ending uh, racial divide and trying to help uh, the sport become more uh, racially Inclusive. sensitive or whatever, but he, he should yeah. offer him a job. You know, that's a that's really something I had not thought of, but that is something if. Uh... Goodell, who's trying to ask teams out there to maybe open their doors for Kaepernick, if those doors do not open, maybe open a diversity specialist where he can come in and help the league be better in that area, which is a great idea, Ken. I had not thought of that, but that's something that maybe they'll do. But you think about it, Goodell, you know, Goodell is a puppet of the, of the owners. He knows, he knows full well especially after that mocking tryout that he had, that he's really not going to fit into a team. He's still going to have his message and it could hurt the team. I mean, the team is trying, the teams are trying to develop their own internal message and to have someone come from the outside. I'll tell you what, this whole thing could have been averted if Colin Kaepernick was the spokesperson for that message back when he knelt, but he didn't handle it well at all. And so that what happened was the message got diluted and then it became political and it, it, it ended. So right. um, then all these teams right now are trying to internally fig, figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. So, you know, Goodell's, throwing it back at the owners again because he doesn't want to take this off potato and Goodell should take it on his own and say, look, come to New York and work for me and fix this thing. Hey, Ken, we're up against the break. Got about a minute left. Let me ask you this. You're a diehard Patriots yeah. fan. You got Gronkowski, Brady have left New England now in Tampa Bay. They're talking about Jared Stidham, talk about Brian Hoyer. Uh, I don't think as many people said, don't shovel dirt right uh, so quickly on that Patriot uh, team saying they're dead in the water. Your take as a Patriots fan, where do you see him this year? How do you see him finishing? Um, it's, they've got one of the toughest schedules in the league. There's no question about it. It's going to be tough for them. But this brings us back to the original very first Super Bowl. This team works well together as a team. And uh, they're probably more team-oriented right now 
than ever before. Now, granted, Brady's taken us to a lot of Super Bowls, but the word on the street is this team's pretty tight right now. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge start for them because, I mean, let's face it, when they, when they beat the Rams, they were introduced as a team. So I think we're going to go back to that uh, original statement. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? Fantastic. Great questions, Ken. We really appreciate you joining the show today. And uh, Patriot Nation, hoping that uh, Jared Stidham can lead them back. And I'm telling you what, don't uh, throw the dirt on that team just yet. They're going to find a way. And as Ken said, the thing about that team, they're resourceful. They're team-oriented. They're going to pull together. I think they're going to be a lot better than people are thinking. I'm not saying to start printing the playoff tickets just yet, but I do think they're going to be in the mix for how long. I don't know. We're going to take a timeout, come back. Just found out moments ago, Dr. Lenise uh, Bias, the uh, – mother of Len Bias will be joining us tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So that's something to look forward to. Of course, we'll learn more about the great Len Bias and his passing and uh, the historic nature of his career, all that and much, much more on tomorrow's show. And that was just uh, announced moments ago. So we'll keep you up to date mention that throughout the rest of the show. Coming up, Ernie McCook, the head coach at Shepard, all that and more as the Sports King rolls on Tuesday morning. Hi, this is three-time Super Bowl champion number 71 of the Washington Redskins defensive end Charles Mann, and you're listening to the Sports King Show live on Sports 106.1. Don't go away. He'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, president and general manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 1061. Sports King on a Tuesday morning. Thank you so much, Ken, from Charlotte, North Carolina, and William from South Carolina. Got the Carolinas covered today. We thank you all down south for joining us and around the country and internationally as well. We thank you all for taking part in the Sports King program. If you'd like to catch us here in the final minutes of Hour 1, give us a call, 804-327-0888. Major League Baseball, getting it wrong. Rob Manford lying to us and then backtracking, doing the moonwalk, saying what I said last week, even though I said 100%, don't mean it this week. uh, It means something totally different. So we got that we're dealing with. We also have, of course, Roger Goodell, who said, uh, hey, Colin Kaepernick, I think some teams should sign him. Welcome back. Open arms. 
it's kind of fallen on some deaf ears in terms of certain players are saying, nah, I'm not buying it, but uh, what's your take? 804-327-0888. Hour number two, we have Ernie McCook coming up, the head coach of Shepherd College D2 program. He's done a great job there. We'll talk to him about what he's been going through and his experiences in terms of overcoming the coronavirus situation and how he's preparing. Also tomorrow, special programming note, Dr. Lenise Bias, the mother of Len Bias, uh, the late, great Len Bias, uh, who I was fortunate enough to meet several weeks before he passed. One of the great tragedies in all of sports. We'll talk to her tomorrow. Uh, she's lost two sons. Another Jay tragically shot and killed. Uh, so a tremendous amount of suffering for the Bias family. And they have lost so much. And um, she's been gracious enough to come on the show for tomorrow. We're excited to have her. And uh, she's done a lot of amazing things about drug awareness and has a great message you don't want to miss. All uh, you parents out there, especially Dr. Lindy's bias tomorrow on the show. Uh, of course, uh, Big Al starts it off every morning, 8 to 10. He's live. We're live 10 to 12. And then immediately following my program, we go out to Los Angeles to Jim Rome in the jungle the legendary broadcaster himself, and uh, we're excited. We thank you so much for calling in today, of course. We've got all kinds of calls that uh, have been coming in from all over the place, and we appreciate you taking part in the show. You make the show, and we love hearing from you, your thoughts, and some great questions on the line today about whether or not they would uh, like Colin Kaepernick back or not. Some people want him back. Some people say, I don't want the headache, and it's totally your call. But uh, when you look at a team structure, the one thing you don't want is a cancer in the locker room. While I don't think he's a cancer, he's going to stand for his cause, and that's fine, or kneel in his case for the cause, which is great. But uh, I would only ask him if I was coaching just to make sure uh, you can do that uh, 24 or 23 other hours. If you're here one hour, make sure it's done and done as much as you want, uh, and please bang the drum, but make sure that you focus because from a football team, the coaches that are there, they're paid to win. And uh, the NFL stands for not for long, NFL, not for long if you lose. And so, therefore, all those coaches are dependent on a player of his stature to win. And if he's not winning because he's sidetracked and doing other things and not focused a 1,000% in the building, then basically that's where the problems could happen. So just basically, as William said, and I agree, you have to really sit down with somebody and lay the groundwork and say, this is what we expect. This is what we need from you. If you get total concentration, we're all in. We'll be fine. We'll work this out, and things will happen, and hopefully in a big way. You know, I rooted for him in college. I still believe there's stuff left in the tank for him. There's plenty left there. He's a talented guy, and I know that uh, some people uh, don't like the fact that he kneeled. That's your call, whether you like it or whether you don't. I'm looking at him. I'm an old coach, so I look at it from a standpoint of a, a player's ability, and the kid has tremendous ability to run and throw and uh, make plays, and he's a playmaker. So, can he be a championship-caliber quarterback after sitting several years out? I'm not sure. Knowing the makeup of the kid and I know what I've heard from his interviews, he is very determined to come back and prove a lot of people wrong that he can turn back the clock and, and show people that he can, again, be a championship-caliber guy and lead a team. So there you go. So do you sit him behind? Uh, some people say, what about uh, Andy Reid? You know, he got Michael Vick. He took Michael Vick after the dogfighting deal and helped uh, resurrect Michael Vick's career. Would Andy Reid take a shot and have a Colin Kaepernick on that lineup with a Patrick Mahomes as a starter? You know, in a situation with uh, Patrick Mahomes, unless an injury happened, it would be his show and Kaepernick would just be there to hold the clipboard and support. But 
if, uh, in a worst-case scenario, Mahomes goes down, you get a guy in Kaepernick that can come in, and while he's not as talented as Mahomes, he has the talent to keep that offense moving in a very good way because, of course, he got plenty of weapons, a good running attack, Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, Tyreek Hill. You've got a lot of guys here to throw the football to. So, you know, it's a place where he could be very successful if Andy Reid were to give him the chance. And uh, everybody's going on record saying Andy Reid can pretty much sit down and talk to anybody. He relates to anybody. He'd be a guy that uh, I'd run through a wall for. I've always loved Andy Reid as a person and as a coach. Uh, and you don't hear anybody talk bad about Andy Reid because he's just that guy that uh, you want to hang out with and uh, sit down, talk football with, and learn from. So I think he would be a guy that would be a perfect fit for Kaepernick should someone decide to give him a chance. But once again, Goodell, when he said give him a chance, yeah, sure, I'd love to have him come back. You don't know if it was one of those uh, half-hearted deals or something he felt he had to say because he was uh, kind of pushed there or if it's something that he just said, hey, you know, I'm going to lay down the sword here. I'm not fighting this anymore. Sure, come on back. Yeah, we'd love to have you. That kind of thing. Not not a really heartfelt thing. And some players are saying it maybe wasn't as heartfelt as it should have been. So we're going to see 804-327-0888, the number here. Coming back with Ernie McCook after the top of the hour of the Shepherd Coach Division Two program. He has the Rams pointed in the right direction. And I'm telling you what. Uh, we're going to find out from him. We've talked to D1 head football coaches. We're going to find out from a D2 head football coach what uh, the planning is like for him, how it differentiates in terms of recruiting, uh, what he has to do. Now, in terms of you parents out there that you may have a student athlete interested in Shepherd, he's going to talk about Shepherd uh, University and what it has to offer. He's also going to talk about his coaching staff. And for anybody out there on the football side that would like to try the D2 opportunity, you can learn more about Coach McCook and what they do at Shepherd. So that's coming up here just over the top of the hour. And uh, we'll have a lot of that as well as your phone calls in hour number two. But I do want to let you know our top story. We just keep going back to baseball. And uh, I wish I had good news for you, but unfortunately I do not as it's a major impasse and every day just gets worse than the day before. have nothing really of note to tell you because uh, players are disgusted now and they're talking about a situation that just has no positives at this point. Do want to let you know that one uh, good thing happened yesterday. We saw that uh, Chubba Howard, the outstanding running back at Oklahoma State, uh, has uh, met with head coach Mike Gundy after Mike Gundy wore the OAN, the One American News Network shirt. There was a big dust up there, and uh, Coach Gundy basically said, you know, I will uh, sit down with my players and talk about this. And he said, in light of today's tweet with a T-shirt I was wearing, I met with some players and realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on in today's society, and he apologized for it. Chubba Howard, the outstanding running back, said, I will not stand for this. Immediately after seeing this, this is completely insensitive to everything going on in society. It's unacceptable. So Gundy apologized in person. They hugged. They made a mea culpa there uh, on video. So basically they got together and said, hey, let's work forward and uh, not look backwards. So it's a situation that Gundy, uh, many people feel he was insensitive. Some people feel he was right in doing that. Uh, you know, I don't know your take, 804-327-0888. But these coaches, I just wonder what's going on. Uh, some of the things they're wearing, and they're not thinking about the issues far outside of their complex. And they have to understand they represent young men, and they have to say to themselves, is this going to affect somebody in a negative way or not? And right now, um, they need to really think about their actions because they have to be forthright, honest with their players, 
and talk to them and bring things up in advance and not let things happen and fester and then have players say, I'm not going to play for this guy. I'm not going to practice. Then you got a major mess. So that's what's happening there. Oklahoma State, uh, it's worked out. Mike Gundy, Chubba Howard, working it out. They're coming back, top of the hour, 11 o'clock hour, Ernie McCook, head coach of Shepard, will be on his way. All that and more on the Sports King on Tuesday morning. Hi, this is Philadelphia Eagles All-Pro running back Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. The Sports King studio line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. You can't handle the truth. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Tuesday morning, Sports King. We're on a mission from God. You better believe it. We're doing our best. And one thing, unlike Rob Manford, if I tell you I'm going to do it 100%, I'm going to do it. I'm not moonwalking it back. Here's baseball. I'm going to take it away the next week, even though I promised it to you last week. I'm going to lie to your face, American public. Hey, don't worry. You're just the fans. Who cares about you? Coach O, what do you have to say about this? I just need to know. I got to have some Coach O. Go Tigers! Go Tigers. Going to get that guy on the show. And we're also going to have Dr. Lenise Bias, of course, as mentioned earlier, the uh, mother of the late, great Len Bias. And, uh, of course, they um, just had the ESPN special on Len Bias the other night. And uh, we'll talk about Len in great detail and the Bias family. Can't wait for that. That's tomorrow. Programming note on the Sports King Show. And momentarily, we'll be joined by Ernie McCook, the head football coach at Shepherd College, of course, a Division II team. And uh, he was named head coach back in 2018, was a longtime assistant for 18 years, and has really, really done a great job there in terms of building the program. So we talked about baseball. We talked about the Kaepernick situation, and uh, we'll talk with Coach McCook about um, what is – uh, in terms of coaches, what they're up against right now, because this is so uh, unforeseen in terms of new territory here. We're going through places that we've never been before, and I'm out of coaching at this point, but you know, I just can't imagine being in a coaching position where everything's done by Zoom. All your meetings with your staff, all your meetings with your players, trying to navigate this right now. And you just wonder how you can keep the student body and the athletes healthy and how they're going to do it. Is it going to be a testing every day, every other day? Uh, How are you going to do it? Uh, The schools like the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world, that can keep you in that bubble environment and kind of keep you isolated. That's one thing. But when you have the smaller colleges, how do you do that? Uh, How can you keep people safe? So, for example, let's say, uh, you have uh, a couple of your star players and they're in a chemistry class and uh, somebody happens to be infected and they come in contact and they could run through your entire organization. So these are things that you think about in terms of how to protect yourself and uh, the steps being taken. And we're going to talk to Coach McCook momentarily here in terms of how he's uh, uh, facing this and how he's getting through it. It's very, very tenuous at best right now in terms of college football, pro football all sports right now, and we're trying to get back on track. We're trying to get things done the right way, and we're hoping for the very best. 
and uh, we want to uh, find out exactly what's going out uh, in terms of uh, the word uh, to the players themselves. How are they dealing with it? How are coaches dealing with it? So we're going to turn to the phone lines right now. We're going to go out to Coach Ernie McCook, the head coach of the Shepherd Rams. And, Coach, welcome to the Sports King Show. Uh, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you, of course, an assistant coach at Shepherd for 18 years. You paid your dues. Now you're the head man. You've done a great job there. Can you talk about the transition from assistant to head coach and, and how it's gone for you so far? Well, I'm, I'm going into my third year as the head football coach, and I, I was kind of talking to somebody about this the other day. I said in my first year I re- replaced the all-time winning as coach in school history, conference history. The next year we move into a completely different conference, and then this year we're dealing with uh, the COVID virus. So uh, each year has had its own challenges. Yeah, each year has had its own own challenges, but I feel like it's um, you know it's just the way it's supposed to be. Um, but I'm you know I've been here at Shepherd for a really long time, and I'm very comfortable here. And uh, so the transition was pretty smooth. I think we have a lot of stability here in our administration, in our athletic department, and on our coaching staff. So it was a, it, it has been challenging, but it's been uh, very rewarding as well. One thing I love about you, your background, big offensive guy, you put up some huge numbers offensively. And as a former coach, I love throwing the numbers up there. I love spreading the ball out. And you don't fool around. Uh, you've had uh, yards per game, 347. You had a 10-3 mark, uh, an NCAA 2 playoff appearance in your first season in the PSAC, Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, in 2019. And you are a statistical guy in terms of running up some big numbers. you got to take a lot of pride in that offense, man. You've done some great things. Well, I, you know what? I think it's a complete team effort. Uh, we, we've we have great defense, and we play great defense here for a really long time. Uh, we feel if we can play defense, make it very difficult on people, we can take more chances offensively. Um, and we, we have a really talented quarterback in Tyson Bajan, local kid here that's going into his junior year. Uh, we're really proud of him, and you know we're building our offense around him. One thing about our offense is that um, we, we have great players. Uh, we have great players in our program, and um, – you know, I, I, I'm not a big, I, I'm not as big a numbers guy as uh, I probably should be. Um, I, the one that counts for me is the number of wins, the team wins that we have, and I just want us to play great football in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game, and be make our team hard to beat. And I think if we're fundamentally sound in those areas, uh, the wins take care of them, them themselves. The statistical stuff takes care of itself, and uh, we're about the team first here and really the building a team and what what comes about with that. Um, try not to highlight individual performances, but when we, you know, we appreciate the great individual performances, we appreciate when we have statistical success, but it's all about the process of building the team, working together, being together in the locker room and the, and the success you have that way. So when I think about our program, I really am proud of our team and being a part of Shepherd University in this football program and continued. And there's a lot of, a lot of pressure to continue to have success on the field. And our players accept that our coaches accept that. And uh, we, we're, we're just like everybody else in college football. We can't wait till we can get back together and play and prepare and 
jump in the process of working and working together. Of course, our special guest, Ernie McCook, the head football coach of Shepherd uh, College, and of course, an outstanding career, 18 years as an assistant. Let me ask you this. You've been there for so long. Um, with your success, if that call came and uh, let's say that dream job, is it something you would leave? It seems like uh, you've been there for such a long time ingrained in that community. First question is why Shepherd's so special to you? And secondly, would you take that opportunity if it uh, came about? Well, I, I worked for a great head coach in Monty Cater for a long time. And uh, Coach Cater was here for 30 years as the head football coach. Uh, he allowed me to grow as a coach from being the offensive line coach to the offensive coordinator to the assistant head coach. Uh, helped, helped me become the, net, the, the his successor here. Um, but one thing I was, I've always been able to do is have a great family atmosphere. Um, my, I have three children right now. My son is in our football program as a fullback. My daughter just finished her freshman year here playing lacrosse. Uh, This has been a place where I can be a dad, a husband, and still coach college football that's very competitive. And uh, I think that's, that's what makes it special. That's what makes it right to be here. And that's the environment that we want to have here at Shepherd University within our football program. And I believe that's how it is in our entire athletic program. Uh, we have a lot of great coaches here that are family people first. They care about one another. They care about their families. And, you know, I was able to watch my son play a lot of high school football. My daughters play their sports and do their things kind of growing up. So that's the blessing of coaching here. Um, now, I'm not I'm – not, buying a beach house with it or anything like that with the <laughs> salary. But I'm telling you, my family and I are very comfortable. We're providing educations for our children. My wife is a school teacher, and uh, that's the blessing that I have as a coach. And I'd like to think that all our coaches in this program have that same blessing, that they're able to be dads and husbands first and really just be able to have an opportunity to coach very competitive football with a lot of hungry players that want to be successful. And a second question, if that call came for a division one opportunity, was that something you would uh, be open to at this point? Or are you pretty well uh, entrenched there and happy with what uh, you've got it uh, right in front of you? Uh, I'm, I'm living my dream right now. Um, as this is paradise for me, just no palm trees. Uh, I, I cannot <laughs> see myself, you know, really trying to, trying to find another job or look at other jobs. Uh, I just think that this is the right place for me. And, um, you know, it's important for me to also help our coaches grow, help them develop opportunities. Um, you know, there was probably times I had opportunities to leave Shepard over the last uh, 10 years for head coaching jobs. Um, but every time it came down to it, we were really happy here as a family. And this was a great place for us to be. So, I've turned down opportunities as an assistant to grow professionally because of how special Shepherd University is. And uh, I, that's, I, I, I just see myself here. Um, I love it here. And uh, I, I, I coach some great young men. I work with some outstanding coaches that are just wonderful human beings. And uh, so it's, I'm in a pretty good spot. And if you ever really want to see a great, college football game come to shepherdstown on a saturday of a home football game i think it's two of the most exciting the two most exciting days on our campus are the day our students graduate in the may and a home football game 
and uh, sometimes the football games will rival the graduation. Uh, this is a wonderful place to coach because of the rich tradition that is here through Coach Barr, Jacobs, Cater, um, and 30 years, 30-plus 30 years of winning. Uh, we have a great alumni support group. Uh, we have tremendous local fans, and we have a great student population that supports our athletic program and our football program. There is not a better small college environment in Division II football than Shepherd University. And wow. um, I'm proud of that, and it's a, it's a fun environment to be at. Uh, and I would encourage anybody that wants to come see a great competitive football game on a Saturday afternoon, come, to the, come in here as a Ram fan and, and you know, sit in the stands and enjoy it. And when you look at things now, of course, you know Bill McGregor, a good friend of both of ours uh, at the high school level. He'll talk about all the things he's going through in terms of his meetings and trying to get the kids prepared. We're in uncharted territory for all levels of college football. And as you said, we all want it to come back. First question, do you believe it will come back? And how are you adjusting in your staff to what's happening with the coronavirus? Well, we I do believe it's going to come back. And our preparation is for us to open camp on August the 10th, uh, start with practice one that day. That that's We're going to try and do that. As, uh, that that's our plan. Um, but I can tell you we're, we're going to make sure it's a safe environment for our students, student-athletes, and coaches to make sure that everybody is going to be in a safe working environment together. Um, we're not, you know, not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize the health of any of our student-athletes, coaches, support staff. Uh, we're going to make the decisions that are best for everybody's well-being. Uh, we are constantly evaluating. I think July 1st is going to be a, a really pivotal time in small college athletics when a lot of things will be defined as far as what preseason camp will look like, uh, you know, kind of building into a resocialization time. Uh, and I think if that's defined here early in July, you know, we'll, we'll build around that. And I know our athletic administration is already kind of taking all the different scenarios that are going to be out there and having a plan for that with that. Our, the president of our university, Dr. Mary Hendricks, is an alum. She is, uh, she is well-renowned in the medical field and probably understands uh, the medicine and, uh, the, you know, the, what we're going through as a nation with the coronavirus as well as anybody you could ever talk to. So with her leadership for our student population, our athletic department, going down to our athletic director, Chauncey Wimbush, I feel very confident that when we do come back, it will be a very safe working environment and productive environment. You're listening to Ernie McCook, the head coach of Shepherd, the Rams, of course. And when you look at it, Coach, here are some questions I have. And, and like I say, not being a medical guy, and, of course, you're getting info. You're in there. You're hearing stuff every day. Things are fluid, changing all the time. And here's just a couple scenarios. I'm just wondering uh, because you wonder, like, uh, they're going to do a Disneyland with the NBA under that bubble approach. Of course, maybe in Oklahoma or Texas, the bigger schools can do the same thing and kind of uh, quarantine the, the football group if they can in a certain area, keep them in a certain dorm. At your level of D2, are you looking at, like, keeping the players in a certain dorm area under certain guidance with certain uh, maybe the team officials only, staff only? And uh, is it going to be one of those deals where you get 
uh, tested every day, every other day, the uh, various uh, uh, temperatures taken, things like I mean, there's so many variables because I was just asking uh, yep. when we went to break, if you have maybe a kid in the chemistry class and maybe that kid has something and gives it to your fullback and then your fullback goes back, how do you and how are you guys talking about protecting yourselves in all these different ways? Well, right now, for me to even come on campus, I have to go through a protocol um, with our university and kind of go through a checklist of where I've traveled, who I've been around, have I been in contact with anybody that has the virus? Am I fever-free or do I have a fever? And so I have to do that any day that I come on campus right now. So I know that we're going to have a plan in place with our medical staff where our players will go through constant evaluation of whether they are um, been in contact with COVID uh, and the virus or if they have any symptoms with that. And I'm sure we'll have, I know we'll have a protocol for that. Uh, and again, I think that's more being more defined over the next couple weeks, several weeks, kind of going into August. Um, and, you know, one thing about our coaching staff here at Shepherd that's different than a lot of colleges, we're also part of the faculty. Um, I teach a class in the fall and the spring, and um, my uh, my class would typically be on a Tuesday and Thursday for an hour and 15 minutes, um, and now it's going to be a kind of a, a, a adjusted schedule where I could do some of it online. I could do half the class on Tuesday, the other half on Thursday. Uh, one of the other um, things that our school is putting into place is we'll start school right now on August 24th will be the first day of classes. And our kids are going to go through the semester. And I think we're taking away the different breaks, like a fall break. Uh, we may even be taking away the Labor Day break. And when our, and we're going to extend when we would, before we would extend the fall going into Thanksgiving break. Typically our kids would have the entire week off of Thanksgiving, but now they're going to be there for Monday and Tuesday. And then all the students will go home for Thanksgiving, and um, nobody will return to campus as a student. Uh, and we will finish the remainder of the semester out, which is roughly two weeks. Um, you'll finish that out online and virtually, and something we've already done this spring as an institution. So our students are going to be back on campus as it's planned right now, but it's a model similar to Notre Dame University and to other peer schools like ourselves that are doing, you know, instead of having the entire student body go home and be, be exposed to the potentials of COVID virus and then bringing it back and help, you know, increasing a spike in the viruses, well, our school is opting to do that, which I think is a really good plan. Um, I think our, the academic leadership on campus is uh, the things that I've heard that they want to do as far as adjusted schedules and things like that. And social distancing is a uh, has been a really positive thing, a positive um, you know leadership on our from our administration. We're going to take a time out. We're going to come back with Coach McCook from Shepherd University. We're going to find out, of course, last year, ten and three overall, seven sixty nine winning percentage, six and one in conference. These guys got it done. They were four and two at home, six and one on the road. We're going to talk about last season. We're going to look ahead to the 2020 version of the Shepherd Rams, all that and more as the Sports King rolls on Tuesday morning. Hi, this is Bob Dandridge from the world champion Washington Bullet. 
and you are listening to Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center of renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everyone. Tuesday morning, continuing our conversation with the outstanding coach of the Shepherd University Rams, Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Man, he's been there long enough. He could be the mayor. Maybe that's his next step. We'll find out. Coach Ernie McCook rejoins us now. And Coach, 10-3. and three. Unbelievable in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. You were dynamite last year. The first question is, and I used to get this when I coached. You did so great this year. You're going to cap that and do better. What's on uh, tap in terms of the 2020 edition of your Shepherd uh, football team? Well, we, we really feel great about our football program right now, and we are looking forward to playing in 2020. Uh, we have a bunch of one-game seasons coming up. You know, that's what we're focused on, <laughs> uh, kind of the process. And, uh, you know, one, to one Cleveland, thing I huh? know is, yeah. One of the things I can tell you, we're going to um, we're going to be prepared to open the season. Uh, we're looking forward to playing. Uh, it will be a different type of season for us. The NCAA is already kind of just they've knocked us that they've knocked us down from a ten game schedule, or I mean an eleven game schedule to a ten game schedule. Uh, we're trying to adjust our travel so we don't have as many overnight games. Uh, Division two, if we have that ability, we do that. Uh, our opener right now is scheduled for September 12th versus Ohio Dominican University. Um, there, we were supposed to go to play them in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, staying in hotels right now is not something we're comfortable with. So their coach and I myself have agreed to do a play a neutral site game on the 12th. Um, but it's little things like that we're doing, kind of building the season, really for the safety of our teams. Um, and trying to, you know, yeah, help our players just be in the most safe environment they can possibly be. Our entire program. That's coaches, trainers, players, everybody. Um, so with, with that being said, we're making little adjustments like that. And then we will open the season on September 19th at home. Um, we'll open the home seed part of the schedule on the 19th versus Gannon University. But uh, one of the things with um, we lost spring practice. So we had a lot of reps that we uh, missed out on in the preparation with our football team, but so did everybody else in the country. 
Um, we had, and our coaches have been really working hard and preparing for preseason camp so we can be able to put the best plan forward in all three phases of the game for the season opener. But that's where our focus is on Ohio Dominican. Um, when we talk about our goals as a football program, the first thing we want to do is we want to win the opener. Uh, the next thing we want to do is we want to win the Eastern Division um, of the Pennsylvania Athletic Conference. Then we want to win what our goal is to win the overall Pennsylvania Athletic Conference Championship because the East and the West play a championship game versus each other at the end of the season. And we want to obtain a bid to the national playoffs. And we want to win the last game we play. So the, as great a season as we had last year, um, of all those goals that I just kind of shared with you, those handful of goals, we achieved one of them. And uh, so we have a lot of work ahead of us to be able to achieve more of those goals, obviously. And our plan is we want to we want to have the best pro team available to be ready to compete on that opener and find a way to win versus a really tough football team out of Columbus, Ohio. Outside of a couple games last year, you're averaging well over 30 points. You had game highs of 62, 76, 56. I mean, you rolled it up. Um, when you look at your team, you said win the first game. Last year, unfortunately, you fell in a close one, 24-21, Ohio Dominican, and then, of course, a mm -hmm. homecoming loss. But other than that, I mean, you had seven-game winning streak to end it, which was great. You went in on a high note. Then you win a very exciting game in the first round of the playoffs, 31-27 over Indiana PA and another another high scoring game you lose against Slippery Rock, but this team is capable of going the distance. And the fact that you guys really, uh, as a coach, you know it's always best to play your best ball at the end of the uh, season. Mm -hmm. You guys with that seven game winning streak, you went in there and had as good a chance as anybody to win this whole thing. And you had to feel good not only about the way you guys played down the stretch, but what you have coming back in terms of a team that really knows how to win. Absolutely. One thing, you know, we were two and two at some at the at, after the first four games of the season, and we knew if we were able, if we wanted to get a bid to the playoffs, we had to find a way to win each week. And I give that credit to our coaches and our players, who did a tremendous job staying focused, finding ways to win tough ball games, and that was done in all three phases. I mean, we we had some great football games in that seven game winning streak that you're talking about, where guys made plays. Um, offensively, defensively, and in special teams. Um, very encouraged with our football program right now. We have uh, we've, we've been young on defense. We're going to have a guy, a lot of guys playing on defense this year that have had a lot of snaps. Um, and I feel really good about where they are. And I feel really good about you know the coaches, our defensive coaches, and what they're doing to prepare for this upcoming season. Our offensive coaches, I think, are doing a tremendous job of having a plan to, you know, install the offense so we can continue to get better each week. The stressor is going to be on that daggone uh, special teams guy. I, I took over the special teams last year. So yeah, the pressure is going to be on me that we don't turn the football over. We make plays on special teams. Uh, so we, we've got to be good in all three phases. And uh, there's no question about that part of it. But I love our football team, our player. We got some great players, and we really do recruit from Richmond to Wilmington, Delaware, right off of 95. And we we just we've got great Virginia players, great Maryland players. We got a strong contingent from the state of West Virginia. 
Um, and, and you know, I, they're just a bunch of great kids that I'm proud of. I'm proud of who they are as students. I'm proud of who they are as, um, you know, citizens on campus, how they carry themselves. And I think we have a lot of really good football players. If you want to play for a coach, uh, let me tell you something. Shepherd University <laughs> offers a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Average 39.8.08 last year. It's so almost 40 points a clip per ball game. So you're going to score. Uh, you may say, well, mm-hmm. he must throw an awful lot. Folks, 2247 in terms of total yards on the ground. hundred and uh, Actually, their average per game was 160 uh, yards a game on the ground. So they know how to run it. 30 touchdowns. So you're going to run the football. You're going to great balance there. And I know that's a compliment to your offense. Uh, what type of player are you looking for that uh, will fit into what you do? Well, we're, we're looking for a team first guy, um, you know, when it comes down to it. Uh, we try to recruit better than Division two football players. And there's, uh, we, we also, it's really important for us to recruit the right fit for Shepherd University. Uh, first and foremost, the players got we, we've got to meet their needs academically, um, and we they this has got to be a place where they want to come to school, earn their degree, and leave here with their college degree, you know, which is going to open more doors for them. You know, we're also a school of uh, just over three thousand students. Our campus sits on the banks of the Potomac River. Uh, we're a public liberal arts university. Our average classroom size is going to be anywhere from fifteen to thirty students in a class. Uh, we're, we are a small school um, in a really small, quaint town. Um, our, the players we recruit have to be comfortable here socially as well. For our, us to have success uh, on the football field, we need players to be able to progress academically. That means they have to be engaged in the classroom. They have to be uh, successful in the classroom so they can grow and be the best football player they can be and continue to progress academically. We need players to be happy and comfortable here at Shepherd University in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, that this is uh, the type of school that they want to be at. Um, the reason I say that is because when you have players that are mature and, and coming through a program and they're getting better each year, uh, the more mature football team you have, the better off you're going to be. Um, when you look at um, players that are happy, and, you know, when you challenge a, a, a football player, which we will challenge them, we are going to push them to their limits. You know, they're going to wonder, man, is this, this these workouts worth it? Is this extra film time that we're putting in worth it? The commitment to being a college athlete, when you make that commitment, you know, you have to be comfortable socially where you are because you don't want to second-guess that. So with that in mind, when we recruit somebody, if we can't meet their needs academically, we don't recruit them. If we don't feel that, that through our communication with them that they are going to be comfortable on this campus at this size school, because I went to a school of less than 1,000 students. Um, my wife went to a school of 30,000 students. You know, We both found what made us happy, and we were able to ultimately graduate and kind of push us into our careers. That's the same thing we want our players to do. We want them to be in a really positive environment where it really does become the best four years of their life. And it's our job as a program, you know, we want to win football games. We want players to have success, you know, but I think at the end of the day, we want them to be better people for being a part of this football program. We want them to grow into individuals that are, one, they're proud to be a part of this football program in this university, 
but we want to also look at them when they're in their adult lives and they've been husbands and fathers that this university and this football program is proud of them and that we have that here at our institution. We have a lot of great alumni and having the opportunity to coach here for as long as I have and watching players go through and, you know, earn their college degrees and the excitement they have with that and learn when they've gotten married and they're having their children and, you talk about and share kind of growing up experiences with that. That's what's rewarding as a football coach. That's what's rewarding to be a part of this football program for the amount of time that I have been. I'm I'm thrilled that we were ten and three last year. I'm thrilled that we played in the national playoffs and believe me, we want to win football games. There is no question about that, but we want to do it the right way. We want to have players that are just appreciate being a part of this this program. Our special guest is the head coach at Shepherd University, Ernie McCook, the D2 powerhouse, and he's done a great job there. Let me ask you this, Coach. Uh, of course, right now, with not only the coronavirus, but the racial strife throughout the entire country, uh, we're talking about that. It's a hot-button issue, and uh, mm-hmm. for student-athletes coming into your program, uh, many colleges and coaches are dealing with things in terms of making sure that the players uh, – needs and their sensitivities are addressed and you of course as a guy recruiting players uh, how are you addressing this with your players in terms of the open dialogue and making sure everybody's on the same page and that it's one brotherhood within your organization because the first thing you said which really uh, meant so much to me is hey this is a family atmosphere and you really pride yourself on that mm-hmm. well you know i it's um I, one of the things is with uh with the, with the racial strife that we are going through at this time, it's important for us as coaching staffs and adults to listen and to, to hear what um, our players are saying, uh, be there and listen to their communication, uh, take it seriously, uh, and learn from it. Learn from you, which, you know, learn any way you can. Uh, you know, I went to, um, you know, when, when the, the uh, protests were starting and, you know, you saw some things that weren't very appealing, but, you know, when you think of the death of George Floyd and uh, this, the way that was on video, that there, and let me rephrase that, the murder of George Floyd, um, that was awful. Uh, that was sickening. Uh, that's not anything that anybody can try and wrap their mind around or and or justify. It was unjustifiable. And, um, you know, when it, it hits, um, it hits your, it hits the African American population the way it has. You know, it's important for me to listen and learn. Um, my uh, one of the things I did is, you know, I, woke, I wake up sometimes at the, and I start thinking about football and I start thinking about the, what's going on with uh, our nation. And I kind of thought about um, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, and I thought about, and I'm also a man of faith. I'm a Christian. And uh, I, I sat there and went through it in my head. And I was like, there's nobody to sacrifice. Well, he sacrificed um, and he walked the walk. And I, I was in, I'm inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King. That morning when I woke up, I made sure I, I just I'd listened to his I Have a Dream speech. Um, and I let it resonate with myself. And uh, then that weekend, um, my wife and I made a trip to D.C., and uh, I went to Lafayette Square, where uh, the where the protests were happening. Um, I like to call them marches because people are marching for a purpose. 
to create change and bring awareness. And I just wanted to learn and listen myself. And uh, then we walked over to where I thought thing is hollow ground is the uh, Lincoln Memorial. And, uh, you know, the, the, to the Emancipation and Proclamation speech is there at the Lincoln Memorial and having a chance to read that. And then actually sitting on the steps and standing where Dr. King gave uh, the I Have a Dream speech. Uh, that was very moving for me. It helped me learn. Um, but I also, it makes me also uh, listen. And uh, I want to learn and listen as much as I can. I'm here to support all our players. Uh, I want them to feel comfortable in our program. I want every player to feel comfortable and know that they have a resource in myself and our coaching staff that's there to support and help them grow. And if you really want to support somebody, and we talk about, you know, the greatest thing you can have as a, as a football program is love, love and caring. And if you are able to, and that's not a word I use loosely, please understand that. When I tell you I love our football team, I love the ones that are 4.0 students. I love the 2.0 students. I love the guys that are strong in the FCA. I love the kids that I got to go talk to, uh, you know, residents' life about when they get in trouble. You know, and the, my, the love for our football program from myself is of everybody in the program, and that's from player one down to player 105 to our support staff, our coaches, and uh, and, and I, I need to listen, and I need to be able to act. And uh, when I first came to Shepard, um, one of the Teton mottos for the offensive line was, you can talk the talk, but are you willing to walk the walk? And it's my goal as I continue to grow as a coach that I'm going to walk the walk to help our students kind of grow. Because uh, I, I want my players, I want the players that I coach, I mean, I can't, I, I tell you, I say that sincerely, but I love it when I see them become fathers and husbands and, and, and have great success in the workforce. Um, you know, when, and that, that's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, it's not an easy, you, there's a lot of uncomfortable conversations that go on, um, but it's something that has to happen. And you need to, in my mind, if you listen, learn, and love, those are the three things I think are very important. Very well said. Ernie McCook, head coach, Shepherd University. We're going to take one last time out, come back, close it out with Coach. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is actor Matthew Rauch. I played Burton on the hit series Banshee on Cinemax. You are listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, who told me I'm welcome on his show anytime, as long as I keep my glasses on. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, president and general manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, Secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everyone. Tuesday morning edition of Sports King Hour number two. Our thanks to head coach Ernie McCook of Shepherd University. We're going to close it out with him. Just a couple more questions. I got to ask you, Coach. Last year, it was Kutztown, of course, had a great year in your division, 7 0, 11 2 overall. And uh, you finished right behind them, 6 1. A fantastic year in terms of your conference. And you look at the Western Conference, Slippery Rock, when you look at them and Indiana University, who you defeated. Of course, those top four teams, both in uh, East and then the West, uh, are you looking at anybody else emerging out of the conferences that you say better watch that group? Or are you pretty much going to be looking up at Kutztown as the guys you got to knock out? Uh, who I know every week, as you said, they're all one game, uh, one game seasons. But in terms of our teams uh, out there, maybe you've identified, man, you better really watch these guys because they're really coming on strong. Uh, well, I'm really excited about, um, you know, or really, we're excited to play everybody we play. Let me rephrase that. So, I uh, Dominicans is important, but in our conference, uh, Kutz and Westchester has got a great history, and they're very competitive. They were a playoff team last year. Uh, they, their head coach, Bill Zwan, is a tremendous coach, been there a really, really long time. Uh, they are they're a really good football program, that, that, and we travel there this year. So that'll be a big one for us. Um, I really think East Stroudsburg is a program you can see that they're really growing and getting better. And watching them recruit, you can see that they've got some really good players there. As well as Millersville, you can see the, the aggressiveness that they're doing in recruiting. And, and that's how we're paying attention to these teams. You see them, who they recruit, the type of player they recruit, and you know that they're making some really good decisions there. Um, really encouraged for our team playing in the East. You know, we are we, we have a hungry football program, and we have a lot of guys that just can't wait to play this season. And I really like our team. I think that we've got a really good football team. I think we have some we have some consistency. I think all our we all our coaches are back from last year, so we don't have any turnover there. So we have a tremendous amount of consistency so that we can build off of. It really hurts me that we didn't have spring practice, but I do have confidence that our our coaches are going to have our team prepared uh, to play this season. But, you know, our first, uh, you know, we're, we're going to play Gannon, which is a crossover game considered a non-conference game, and then we'll kick off Eastern play when we go to Kutztown um, in that first away game uh, in conference. So that'll be a great challenge coming out of the gate. Uh, Shippensburg University's in that. That's also a somewhat of a rivalry game because we're about an hour and 15 minutes away from each other. So there's a lot of local interest in that football game. They they are a really well-coached football team in all phases. So this is a very competitive schedule for us. And uh, we're, we will continue to work to be better. That's one thing I can tell you about our program, that we we our goal is to improve every day. Uh, we have coaches that have been here a long time. Our defense coordinator, Josh Kine, played here. Uh, he student coached here. He's GA'd here, became a full-time assistant, elevated to the uh, D coordinator position. Um, you know, he, he works really hard at trying to put the best defense together that he can. Our offense coordinator, Ty Hyatt, 
Um, you know, he's amazing with the work that he does. I mean, you get really impressed with our coaches that we have here at Shepard. And uh, Andre Pope, Kenny Johnson, our offensive line coach, Sam Mori, who played for me, was a four-year starter. And when I got hired as the head coach, they said, what's the first move you want to make? And I said, I'd like to have Assam promoted to a full-time. And he was just finished a graduate assistantship with us, and that was a great hire for us. So I, I mean, we have a tremendous staff, and I think that we're going to be focused on playing football when we get that opportunity. Coach, final question for you. got a minute left. Uh, for all of those recruits out there listening, why do I want to play for head coach Ernie McCook in Shepherd University? You know, we, we believe in whole person development here, academically, athletically, and socially. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity to come get a great education. Uh, you're going to play in front of fans that really care about football. The program, the football program is important on this campus. It's important to our alumni base. Uh, you have a bunch of coaches that are going to coach you hard uh, to be the best player you can possibly be. We're always going to coach fundamentals. We're always going to develop uh, our players and, and you know the character aspect of it, the physical aspect of it, to be the best player they can possibly be. And uh, you know, one thing, if you are playing football here. Uh, I can promise you'll be coached, you'll get a great education, and you will be part of something that you'll be proud to be a part of. Coach Ernie McCook, we wish you the very best on this uh, uncertain 2020 season. We hope it goes off without a hitch. We know it's going to be a trying year, but it's going to hopefully be super successful for you and the Rams. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on the Sports King. Well, I really enjoyed it. It's great talking football, and I love talking about our team. So I appreciate you having me on, and I wish you the best, and uh, have a great week. Thank you so much, Coach McCook, and, uh, of course, the Rams. Folks, they have been a dominant force, throwing a ball a lot around the yard. Love that. They run the football, great balance, and this coach really has it together. And, uh, of course, uh, players love to play for him. Uh, great reports out of Shepherdstown about this coach and what they're doing there. He's been in a long time. He loves it, doesn't want to go anywhere else. And it's great to hear from Coach McGook, of course, Division Two, Shepherd University, and some exciting there in Shepherdstown. Uh, anytime they play there, it's an exciting time. So uh, recapping top stories, of course, it was Rob Manford uh, who said uh, last week, hey, 100%, we're coming back. Baseball's back. Bet on it. Count on it. And not so much this week. Uh, this week, it's no can do, not going to happen, probably not going to happen. And what I said last week with that 100% deal, throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. This week, it looks like it's not going to happen. So that's what we're dealing with there on the baseball front. And also on the football front, another issue we talked about yesterday, Ohio State, the Ohio State University, asking all players and parents to sign waivers uh, regarding the coronavirus before returning to campus for voluntary workouts. So uh, these are fluid situations. But you heard uh, they have a doctor there that is the head of the university there at Shepherdstown. It's basically in Shepherd uh, kind of guiding them. So they have a definite advantage there learning about this and learning what to do, what not to do. But it's going to be a lot of trial and error on the football front in all sports, uh, to be sure. Uh, just wondering now with what we're seeing as far as uh, athletes and coaches being allowed back in complexes with all the temperature taking and all the different testing they're doing. Uh, players like the NBA may be tested every other day to make sure they're A-OK. Uh, what's going to happen with fans? Uh, every time we go to an event, we're going to have, of course, it looks now to be uh, tested in terms of our temperature 
And then if you have a rising temperature, you'll be held out and asked to go home and come back another day. Uh, but bottom line is there's going to be so many nuances that we have never faced before. We're going to have to learn our way through this, and we hope and pray a vaccine is found sooner rather than later because, um, you know, in the foreseeable future, it's going to be uh, those situations they talked about the NBA where you're six feet away, maybe the Smith family's here, or the Jones family six feet over here, and you're separated. But it's going to limit the intake in terms of revenue, so that's another situation. So how will college football address this? Uh, you're talking about uh, just some things you think about when you see the protests and you're hearing people shoulder to shoulder. And uh, in some of these cities, they protested, not a lot of a spike, uh, not a big spike in terms of words we're hearing. Certain areas, maybe certain areas, not so much. So that's showing people if they're wearing masks can be close together. And some are getting away with not catching anything, which is a big blessing. So we hope that that translates to something maybe on the football side when fans start coming back there's got to be a way to do this in a safe environment for the fans because fans want to come back but they want to do so safely and i know college kids you know most college kids think they're invincible and they feel they can get through anything we hope that uh, the ncaa will allow fans back in just don't know yet still early but it's fluid and we hope to hear something positive very soon but nascar's back UFC's back. Baseball, forget about for right now. Football on the way. The NBA coming back and hockey too. So we've got a lot to cheer about, a lot to look forward to. And folks, you've been with us from day one of this, and it's been a long, grueling ride. But uh, guess what? We're seeing some sunshine through the clouds, and we're hoping for the very best. So that's going to wrap it up for this Tuesday edition of the Sports King. Don't forget tomorrow, the mother of the late, great Lynn Bias, Dr. Lenise Bias, our special guest tomorrow on the Sports King show. You don't want to miss We'll have a great conversation with her. That's going to wrap it up again for Ben Maitland. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here Wednesday on Sports 106.1.